Is there racism in the UK? If you want to know the answer to this question, please stay tuned. Hello ladies and gents, boys and girls from around the world. Welcome to another episode of The Sweet Podcast, a podcast like no other. Wherever you are, I hope you are well and keeping safe. It is said that safety sometimes costs nothing, but it's priceless. So please keep safe. Today on The Sweet Podcast, I will be sharing with you a recording of a celebrity's experience with racism. You know, a lot of times we say racism is um, only prevalent or it only happens in specific parts of the world and not in others, perhaps um, because of our experiences. For instance, um, some weeks ago, I heard, I heard a friend say that racism is not prevalent in the UK. In fact, in his exact words, racism isn't that prevalent in the UK. Not sure exactly what he meant, right? But you see, this is the problem with the subjectivity of our experiences. The fact that because you think or you don't perceive something doesn't mean that it doesn't occur. Also, we must understand that our experiences are not generalizable. So we have to be careful with when we express our experiences as though they are um, universal. Because sometimes it can be very annoying. Given the recent events in the US regarding the death of um, George Floyd, the black communities in many areas of the world have shown concerns and spoken out about racism. For those who do not um, know about um, the George Floyd incident. Um, on the May, on um, the 25th of May 2020, this year, of course, um, George Floyd, a 46-year-old man, um, black man, was killed in Minneapolis, in the U.S. Um, during the arrest, um, during an arrest, sorry, uh, for allegedly using a counterfeit bill. Derek, um, Derek Shoving, a white police officer, knelt on Floyd's neck for almost nine minutes while Floyd was handcuffed and lying face down, begging for his life and repeatedly saying, I can't breathe. The officers, um, J. Alexander Kug and Thomas Lane, further restrained Floyd while Officer To Thao prevented bystanders from intervening. During the final three minutes, Floyd was motionless and had no pulse, while Chauvin ignored onlookers' pleas um, to remove his knee, which he did not do until medics asked him to. So that was um, that's some of it about the George Floyd incident. And I'm sorry, on this podcast, I can't tell you the whole story. Um, you have to go and read it up for yourself. Um, but it's about uh, 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 an African-American who died in the U.S. from police brutality, you know. Um, yes. So, given this incident, a lot of um, black communities have been voicing out about racism. 
from various parts of the world. And on this podcast, I have a unique recording from Leonard Lewis. Um, Leonard Lewis is um, a British singer, songwriter, actress, model, and activist born on the 3rd of April, 1985. She was born and raised in London Borough of Arlington, where she attended the Brit School of Performing Arts and Technology. Leonard Lewis achieved national recognition when she won the third series of The X Factor in 2006 winning a sum of one million pounds worth of recording contract with Simon Cowell. Um, Simon Cowell's um, recording label, or record label rather, called Psycho Music. Her winning, oh, her winning single, a cover of Kelly Clarkson's A Moment Like This, peaked at number one for four weeks in the UK singles chart and broke a world record reaching 50,000 digital downloads within 30 minutes. In February 2007, Lewis signed a five-album contract with um, a record label in the United States called Clive Davis, um, rather, sorry, J Records, owned by Clive Davis. So that's a little about them. Lena Lewis is quite a famous um, celebrity and um, musician. And she experienced experienced racism a long time ago, some years ago, in fact. And she she said recently that she never she never voiced out until a few weeks ago. And it's a very touching recording, which I would like you all to listen to. And as you listen to this, reflect on what the world is becoming or has become. And I'll just leave you to it. Just listen carefully and tell me what you think at the end of the recording. Um, uh, please, for those who are new on this podcast, um, we bring you fresh entertainment and reality uh, um, news. We bring you as well self-development and motivational tips to improve your lives on a daily basis. And um, yes, please follow this podcast and share with your friends. And um, let's go on to the recording immediately and talk about it later. Hi everyone, Um, just wanted to share something because with all the heaviness that's going on right now, especially in America, I've heard a lot of people in the UK saying, oh yeah, it's really bad in America, It's, it's not, it's not like that in the UK, but I wanted to share an experience I had because it's been stirred up so much with everything that's going on this week. Um, A few years ago, me and my dad were on a high street in London, it was somewhere in Chelsea Um, and at the time my management company was, I think it was in Fulham, so we were walking around the area and I just had a meeting with my management and I just bought a new place and I wanted to get some like bits and pieces for it and we saw this cute little um, shop that we went into and um, we were looking around and there were other customers in there. I didn't realize at the time, but all of the customers were white. Me and my dad were the only black people in there. So we're looking around, picking up stuff as you usually do in a store. And I started to notice that the lady store owner was kind of hovering around and being, her her vibe was just off. And um, 
eventually she came up to my dad and I and said, you need to put that down. You need to put that stuff down. You, you're not allowed to touch it. And me and my dad were just confused. We looked around because every other person was picking stuff up, looking at it, you know. And I immediately knew what was happening and I said to her, well, why? Everyone else is picking up stuff. Why do we have to put stuff down? I'm just looking at it. I'm gonna probably buy it. She's like, no, you just need to put it down. Put it down now. And she became really confrontational with us. Now I could see people in the store, like I said, it was a lot of white people and they were looking and kind of like whispering under their breaths and they started leaving the store. And I became confrontational because obviously it sparked like this rage in me as to why we're being singled out and targeted. And I started saying, no, I'm not putting it down. Like, I'm, I'm going to buy it. Why, why are you targeting us? And um, again, it became confrontational. So everyone in the store by that time was, was leaving and had left. Um, just kind of, you know, just kind of disgusted and they left. So it was me, this woman, and my dad in the store. And now that everyone had left, she became really defensive, got really agitated and ran behind the counter and um, said, I'm calling the police on you. You need to get out of my store now. And I just became so enraged. And I remember my dad, who is like the most lovable, big black guy, he was trying to calm me down. And and I, w I couldn't calm down, I was so angry. I knew what this woman was doing to us. But my dad has been in positions like this before. Um, same as me, but in a different way. And he, you know, he knew that I need to make myself smaller and I need to make myself, you know, calm and not be, and that just enraged me even more. Anyway, he managed to get me to leave the store and I, I left and I sat in the car. Actually, before I left, I said, I'm gonna call the police on you because you're discriminating against us. Um, anyway, I left and I sat in the car that was parked uh, around the corner from the store and um, I sat in there and I just sobbed, absolutely sobbed. And my dad came out and he grabbed something from the car and then he went back into the store and I was like, well, what? What is he, he grabbed a CD. I was like, what is he doing? It was my CD, my music CD. He went back into the store and he came out like five minutes later and I, there was a knock on the window and I was like, you know, like hyperventilating. I was so angry. And the woman was in the car, uh, at the side of the car and she knocked and she said, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't know who you were. And that just kind of, my heart kind of sank. And obviously, you know, I won the biggest show in the UK like a few years earlier. So she didn't recognize me because I'm just in my normal clothes. Like maybe I was in, you know, whatever, my normal clothes, just doing my thing. And she didn't recognize me. Um, and I confronted her and said, you're racist, you're a racist. You targeted me and my dad. You wanted to throw us out of the store because of our color. Like, you're racist. 
and she was kind of in denial. She was kind of like, I could just see her spinning. And she was very like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not. I just, I just got scared, you know, and I thought you might, you were gonna take something. And I'm like, that is the conditioning that we have. That is racism. Like this conditioning that we were gonna take something, black people, oh, they're gonna steal something or there's something to be scared of or people with darker skin tones are, you know, not, they're gonna do something bad. You know, it's this conditioning that we have. So when people in the UK are saying, no, we don't really, you know, that's, it's not something that we have here. It's not really a problem here. It is a problem. It's a big problem. And, you know, I just wish that the people in the store, that the white people in the store that all left, they left out of disgust because they knew something. They knew it was wrong and they left, but they didn't say anything. And because they didn't say anything, the situation escalated. So we were left on our own with this woman in the store who became more agitated and felt like people were leaving because my dad and I were disrupting the peace. No, they were leaving because they were disgusted at this woman's behavior, but they didn't say anything. So for the people that are not speaking out or not saying anything, like you're the people that left you, you just left, you, you kind of, oh, it's disgusting, but it's gonna disrupt my day too much to really get involved and really stand by their side and say, hey, what are you doing? Why are you targeting them? This is wrong. So when I see messaging of, you know, don't say, don't stay silent, say something, say something, it's real. You need to say something. You need to stand with us and you need to acknowledge that it's happening because when you don't acknowledge that it's happening, you're diminishing the pain and you're diminishing our humanity. And especially in the UK, you know, there are a lot of areas where there are white areas and, and, and you could feel maybe that, you know, you're in this bubble and this is not happening, but I come to the areas where there's predominantly black populations, ethnic minorities, come to those areas. I, I dare you, come to those areas and see. You'll see, it's underfunded. There's lack of resources. You know, I grew up in Hackney. I grew up in a predominantly black area. It was underfunded. This is the reality of what's happening. And you know, it's sometimes, for me, that's why I, I, my refuge is music. And I'm a singer, I'm a musician, and that's my refuge, always. And sometimes I feel like maybe I can't articulate myself properly when I'm just talking. But obviously in this circumstance, I have to, I have to, I have to speak about it. And I hope it's coming across how I need it to come across. Because I'm just, in pain and I'm tired and I'm sick of it. Um, and you know, I'm someone who's mixed race. 
my mum is white, my dad is black. And I had a beautiful representation of what that unity meant for me. Because it, when that is, when that comes together in the most loving way, it is the most beautiful thing. Equal and beautiful. But that's not the reality of what's going on. It is so sad how experience and after listening to this myself I said <laughs> I asked a few questions what if she was not Leona Lewis and what if her father couldn't grab uh, an album of hers to show to the, the cashier or the shop owner what if there was no apology how would she have felt? This tells you a lot about what um, people of color experience in various communities where there is racism. Racial attacks are horrible, are horrible. And from her from her story, you could see you could see that she was still emotional about it, even though it happened. It didn't just happen; um, happened recently. So. It just tells you how sad it feels. And if you've never experienced it before, I think you're lucky. But for you to open your mouth and say that it doesn't occur where you live or where you are or where you reside, I think you should be careful because anyone around who has experienced it firsthand could actually feel so bad by what you're saying because you're, you're, you're claiming... You're claiming um, um, you're denying something that really happens because you have not experienced it. You see, previously I used to think that the rich and famous and celebrities, because they were, you know, influential and all that, never experienced racism. But now I see that no, maybe not on stage, but beyond the stage where you sh- where you show your craft, you can be a victim of racism and in fact even while you're exhibiting your craft because a lot of celebrities have come out to say you know what i've experienced racism here here on tv shows and here and there and it's not it's not coming up like it that tells us that you see <laughs> no one is spared in all this no one can be spared we need a drastic change in the world today the world the way sorry the world um, interprets um racial differences i think it is really bad and if you have experienced racism before you know what i'm talking about sometimes the experience lives on with you for years if not for a lifetime and if you're a parent out there i'm sure you're asking yourself one question if i could take it in my time how about my child how would they feel would they ever get over it relevant questions we should ask ourselves with this we come to the end of this podcast and it's been fun hanging out with you um i'm bruno and i've been your host on this podcast and i've had a good time i hope you have as well 
um, please follow this um, podcast and share with your friends and family and i shall see you on the next episode of the switch uh, meanwhile please stay safe and bye for now <laughs>